I love our worship team. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm uh, C.W. Wagley. Um, I'm the lucky one that gets to be married to the worship leader, Kirsty. Um, it's an honor to be married to her, and I get to. She sent me a. She just wrote another song. Um, I don't know when it'll like fully be out to y'all, but um, she sends me um, a voice memo of it. And I'm like, I oh, man, I'm so thankful I get to live with this voice. Not just the voice, but like it comes with a lot of other good stuff too. Yeah, it's a whole package. Exactly. Thanks for getting me out of the doghouse. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, thanks. I need help. Um, anyways, I've been going to the church here for, uh, I was thinking about this this morning. September will be 19 years uh, that I that I hit rock bottom, and I'd come in and out of church. This church, uh, like Pastor's Church, it was over at the hotel even before that. Uh, but it was when I hit rock bottom. It was um, I think it was end of August, the beginning of September, when I hit rock bottom, and um, come here. Been sitting under pastors. They took me in back then. Like they, I was rough. And and I appreciate you guys. I love you guys for always just walking with us. And and thank you for allowing me this time to uh, come up here and minister. So and trust in me. So they're amazing. If you guys don't like me, come back. They're amazing. Like it's all right. I, I won't be offended. All right. I, I'll release you from if I get offended. Um. So anyways, I want to also. I don't know if we got Facebook Live. Do we right now, or is it down? Yeah. So I want to welcome. Uh, Kingdom Ranch Church in Merced, California. Uh, looking forward to getting to see you all soon. Um, so, anyways, thank you. Uh, if everybody can turn, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep talking, but we're gonna start in John six. So everybody can turn there if you got your Bible. But this, God started talking to me about six months ago um, about communion, and like I just kind of like left it hang there, you know, and. Um, like I didn't know when it was going to all come about and when it was going to start taking place, like that he was going to start really having me dive into it and stuff. Um, but it was about six months ago and it just started progressing. And well, I looked at my wife cause I'm like, when that start happening, she probably don't even know, but it was like May that I started having like bad stomach pain. Um, and I didn't, I honestly didn't know what it was. I thought maybe I had a high anal hernia, like, cause when I'd sit, like, and it might have just been that I was, like, fat and sitting at a desk and I ain't used to that. And so, like, being all bunched up, like, pushing, but, like, seriously, I felt like I had a lump and everything like that. And so, obviously, right, my mind starts racing of, of things where, what it could go to, you know what I mean? Like, the diagnosis of what I was, I was scared to go to the doctor. You know, I didn't want to go and find out. Um, cause my, I was like, I was like, is it better not to know and just believe, you know? And, um, but, uh, anyways, I was going to be going to get, uh, a CAT scan. Like, and so I come up to our amazing prayer team. If you guys haven't, and you guys have got needs, please come up. They're amazing. Um, and I utilize them every chance I need it or anything like that. Like, but I went up to there and uh, to get prayer because that next week I was going to have the CAT scan, so I wanted prayer before that. And 
we're praying and, and, um, I think one of them asked me, if I remember correctly, one of them asked me if I had a fear. And I was like, well, yeah, I got a fear, like, of the C word, right? And, um, like, my dad, he passed away of cancer in, in 2000. And, and so I got the, you know, I got this fear in me. And, um, so as they start praying, Elena, she, she says, she's prophesying stuff. And, she, and one of the things that she said is she goes, I think the only C word that you have to, that is about you is communion. And I'm like, Phew. because he had already started ministering that to me. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so I was like, okay, like I'll take that. Like I received that because in Jesus name, there ain't the other C word. It's only communion. Right. And, and so that started me into diving off. I went to, you know, I went to the, just to finish out that, like, got a CAT scan done, blah, blah, blah. There's nothing, like, no no tumors, anything. So, praise God. Uh, still don't know what it was. It went away, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. Um, God healed me, right? But uh, I'm not going to sit there and argue and try finding it again. Uh, but, but anyway, so that's what led up to this uh, message here. So, it's kind of been building. And I almost feel like it's we're going back to the basics, right? Uh, of stuff. I said this in the back, like some of this is like very basic, but like, I feel like we need to go back to the basics because I feel like what God has, a, where God is moving us, like we can't forget the foundations. We can't forget the roots of everything. And, and so with that, let's go ahead and uh, turn to uh, John six and we're going to start in verse 47. <clears throat> Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give up, give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day for my flesh is food indeed my blood is drink indeed he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and i in him as the living father sent me i live because of the father so he who feeds on me will live because of me this is the bread which came down from heaven not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead he who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said at the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. First off, can I just say I love Jesus? Like, Amen. for reals, like, this message, like, he starts, like, teaching, right? So, like, it's, he's at the synagogue, right? And he starts giving this teaching. Could you imagine this teaching coming out today? Like, the YouTube ratings would have... For Jesus, like... Here's, here's the new pastor, or here's the guy that's the way, the truth, and the life, and he's talking about cannibalism. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, come on, like, I'm like, Jesus, like you have a way. And, um, but he starts introducing the basis of communion, right? He starts introducing like, like who he is and what it means for him to be there and what communion means. Like if you, if you eat and drink of my, of my blood and my flesh, like there'll be life. He starts, he doesn't say that, talk about the, him being a Passover lamb, but like Passover was instated back in Exodus at, at, um, with the Egyptian. I ain't going to go there just for sake of time. Um, I want to see what time we were at, but like just for sake of time, it's in Exodus 12, uh, one through 13, if you want to make note and go back to it. But in this time, like the Israelites were in bondage from, from the Egyptians and the 10 plagues. A lot of you guys, a lot of you guys know the story, but I want to make sure I'm covering all bases because there could be people in here that don't. Okay. So the 10 plagues, there's, uh, God wanted to release the, the Israelites. So he sent Moses to talk to Pharaoh. And, uh, every time like the Pharaoh's like, no, I ain't releasing the Israelites. They're my slaves, you know? So there is a plague that happened or, or yeah, the 10 plagues are. And, um, so on the 10th one, is where Passover was instated because it was uh, death of the firstborn. That was the tenth plague that was coming, and so God said, was getting his, his people ready and said to go and kill a lamb without spot or blemish, right? And you're going to take that blood and you're going to put the blood over the doorpost, right? And and then go and eat it. He even says, don't even leave like any bit of it for morning. He wants you to eat it all in that night. Like every bit of it, the wholeness, right? He wants you to eat that. And so then the that night, the plague come, right, of the of the death of the firstborn. And it, he said, I'm going to read 13, verse 13 for you. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So the blood over the doorposts was going to be the sign of protecting. So when when death like went over for the firstborn, it was going to see the blood and it was going to just go right over. So nobody. No, none of the firstborn that had the blood over the fir, over the doorpost, none of those firstborn died, right? So Jesus is starting. That's the Passover. So He's saying, "Look, look, I'm the bread of life. I'm the Passover Lamb. Like if you eat and drink of my, eat of my flesh, drink of my blood, like that, death will pass over." You will have life. You shall surely live. That's what he's saying, right? He's introducing this. And people did, people freaked out. And, and I said, like, I would have loved to have seen this, like, what would happen, like, today. But, like, seriously, like, it goes on in verse 60 and talks about how, well, I'll just, I'll just read it real quick. There, therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself, that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? Then he goes on, or goes on and, 
Where's it say it? Shoot. Um, anyways, like at that moment, like a lot of the disciples, oh, 66 from, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Like this is a, this is like a hard saying, but, but Jesus is saying like, you have to understand this. Like you have to understand, like there is, there's life in this. You got to understand who I am. Like it's been talked about from the beginning, from Exodus on, like, and you guys have been, because then Passover has been a holy convocation that is, that it even said that all of the generations on will, will uh, acknowledge it, will celebrate that, right? And so like, he's like, this has been going on. Don't think that. I don't know who I am and, and vice versa, you know? And, um, so let's, let's turn to 1 Corinthians 11. I want to, going to talk a little bit more here, but, but anyways, like, if you, if you guys are going to turn there, 1 Corinthians 11, um, so with the, with the blood of the lamb, like being over the doorpost, like, he's, he's trying to, Introduce that even us, the, we're the temple, like our, our doorpost, right? So, so if we are ta- in taking that, we will. There's going to be life, right? The plagues will pass over us. Are you guys with me? The plagues will pass over you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? All right, let's go to eleven. Because we're going to start getting into some of it even deeper. Because what does it all mean? Starting here in 17. <clears throat> this is something too that I think about all the time too. I'm like, because this is a tongue whooping. Like Paul like straight up gets after these guys. Like I wouldn't, they should be thankful. If they wasn't thankful for anything else, they should be thankful that, would they, that Paul didn't have a cell phone. Because it didn't come in a letter form. You know what I mean? He says, now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you. Since you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And in part, I believe it. For there must also be factions among you that those who are proved may may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper for an eating each one takes his own supper ahead of others. The one is hungry and another is drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those that have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. For I received from the Lord that, that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as, out, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. He says you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 
And as I was studying this out, a lot of what I found is, is like, like, and I don't know how many of you in here is this way and it like, because I know our pastors have ministered before on this type of stuff. But like knowing the fullness of the Lord's death, what are you proclaiming? Are you only proclaiming that the Lord's death gives you salvation? And so I take this in remembrance of him, of what he did at the cross, so that I can go to heaven. In Isaiah 53, 4 through 5, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he has wounded... He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Everything that happened there, we're, we're proclaiming, right? Born our grief. So griefs in the Hebrew is choli, which means malady, anxiety, calamity, disease, grief, sickness. So he born all that. Like, he took that for us, right? He carried our sorrows. Our sorrows is a makeov, pain, sorrow, physical and mental pain. We got mental illness running rampant in the world today. And the devil has disguised communion to make it just a ritual, ritual, a tradition of man. And look at where our world is. Look at where our church is. Not just our church here, Big C Church. He was wounded for our transgressions. Transgressions in Hebrew mean is pisha. It's a trespass, sin, rebellion. He takes all that stuff. See, the devil tries getting shame on us. We're going to go into this next scripture here, go further into First uh, Corinthians, but like... There was shame even in, like, that gets brought on through scripture, and it wasn't intended to be that way. Like, he bore our sin. He took that transgression from us. There shouldn't be shame and guilt in the, in the body of Christ. He was bruised for our iniquity. Iniquity is Avon. Perversity, depravity, guilt, or punishment. Chastisement of our peace is chastisement is mulkar, chasten, correct discipline. And through his stripes we are healed. Healed is rafe, to heal and make healthy, healthful. All of that, he was, his body was beaten for us. How many have seen the passion of Christ? How many hasn't, I guess? Quite a few. Like, that, I couldn't even, like, that jerked tears out of me back when I still didn't cry. The closer I get with Jesus, the more I cry. But, like, back then, I still didn't cry. And that one jerked tears out of me because I was like, what man would have done that, like, for me? Because I'm not, I don't want to have Pastor get a bunch of emails that, that, C-Dub just said that Jesus was man. It's scripture says he come as a man, right? But who would do that? Like he knew. 
He knew how bad a death that was going to be. He knew that it was going to be like the, like where scientists and, and doctors today say like, how could that even, like human body can't even handle that. Yeah, they can't endure it. You know what I mean? And he said, I'll do that for you. And it just wasn't like him going to the cross and just dying. It was like he was beat. It's like it, like he could have been like, hey God, like, hey Father, that's a, that's a pretty rough one. Don't you think I just go that cross and like, they'll stick that spear in the side of me and I'll just die and come back to you. He knew it was going to be that bad. All of it. All of everything what that meant, like all those meanings, was all for you. Not in the sweet by and by. It was for here. Galatians three thirteen through 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So, I hear often that we live in a broken world. And so that's why things happen, right? Which I agree. Agree 100%. But what I would like to do is challenge your thinking and your faith that we live in a broken world, and Scripture says that we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Why? Because we are in Him, right? And so, the curse happened at the fall of man, right? What happened from Adam and Eve sinning, and the fall of man happening, what happened that Jesus didn't take care of? Everything that needed to take place, Jesus did. Jesus took care of it. If it wasn't, he wouldn't have said it is finished. Everything that he had, had everything that he did, that he had to endure, was to completely destroy and dismantle the assignment of the enemy. Everything. See, Deb, why does this happen? Why is it everything? Everything was done. That's where we need our faith. Well, I've seen this happen. I've seen this happen. I have too. My faith is everything. Jesus is enough. The blood. The blood that was shed... The blood is what makes us righteous. If somebody asks you, like, I love this question. It was like the first Bible camp that I went to, and there's a guy down there ministering, and he says, are you a sinner or a saint? <laughs> but if you know me, you know I'm a sinner. You know what I mean? And, uh, shoot, I don't even remember when the first time I went to Levita. That might have been the first year I was walking with Jesus. And so it was rough, real rough. It was rough 10 years into it, but, like, first year was rough. <laughs> so, so I'm like, man, I'm a sinner. He's like... Well, let me introduce you to Jesus. Because the blood of Jesus makes us righteous. It's that it allows us to walk to the throne with boldness, clean. 
when you think about blood too, I didn't call no doctors or anything like that. So this is just like probably basic like knowledge. But the blood provides protection, right? There's antibodies in the blood that it, it, it protects you and it fights off things that tries coming against the body, right? Blood also... If there, if the blood, if you lose too much blood, there ain't no life. And there's health, like, like uh, there's some that I, some stuff that I was reading. Even the blood carries the oxygen to the lungs, and or the blah blah blah. Somebody else probably uh, should have talked about that because I ain't no medical person. But anyways, there's something that happens with the blood and the, and the oxygen and everything that goes from the lungs. The blood is what carries it. The blood is what gives life. The blood is what gives breath. Because without breath, we, we don't have life neither, right? And an interesting thing too, as I was studying this out that I read, is that identity is in the blood. There's DNA in the blood. And an example that uh, Benny Johnson had in her book was even talked about how, like if a calf, say, say a mom, a cow dies, and you have to, like you can either bottle, bottle feed it, or you can get a cow to another cow to take that, to adopt that calf, right? And so what ranchers will do is they will um, take the hide. No, well, I'm saying this wrong. I'm saying it wrong. I'm saying it backwards. So if a calf dies and they're trying to get a calf onto that cow, they will skin the, the uh, calf that died and put it onto another calf that needs a mama, Okay. An orphan, right? And it, that will put the scent of the mama's calf onto that orphan calf. And that mama cow will adopt that in, that calf as her own. And I thought that was so cool of analogy, because I've known that, like, you know, I've, I never personally, like, had to do that with any cows I owned. I owned cows for a little bit. But like, I helped the guy that I was working for do it. And like, I was like amazed because I had never seen it done at that time. And uh, I was amazed at how that did that. Like, and like the blood of Jesus like comes over us. The blood of Jesus went over the first, over the families in the Spirit, like the spirit of death went over them, protected them. Why? Because there's identity. He said, God says, no, that's mine. That's my son. That's my daughter. There's identity there. He's like, check the DNA on that one. That has my DNA right there. See, the other thing that happens with a sacrifice with blood too is that when people are going to make a covenant, like back in the old days, they would make a covenant and a lot of times they'd sacrifice an animal and they would go through like with the animal's blood and like there was a blood covenant between them between that family or something like that right and it made me think of like 
I tried doing it with like kid. Good thing kid didn't have any diseases, but like you stick, stick your finger and you're going to be blood brothers, right? There's that blood covenant that happens, right? I'm like, man, that wasn't smart, but here we go. I did a lot of, do you ever think back and be like, man, my dad was so smart. <laughs> Our kids ain't in here. I wish they were. Cause that'd be prime time. Like Red still ain't hit that, but he's probably going to hit it in a couple of years that he's going to be like, man, my parents are so smart. <laughs> but anyways, like, like back off of the stuff that I did stupid, but back on track. Um, there's a blood covenant. And so when, when Jesus was the, the sacrifice, like I've thought about this recently, like a lot of people say, oh, like the sacrificial law is no longer like when Jesus come, we don't, there, the sacrificial law is no longer. No, it is. Jesus just fulfilled it. We don't have to do the sacrifices anymore. God provided the sacrifice for us. We still need a sacrifice. We still need the Passover lamb. And the Passover lamb is our covenant, that sacrifice and the blood covering for us that gives us our DNA, that gives us our life, that gives us our health, that gives us our protection. All through the blood. If you're still there, if, if you're not, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 11. says, therefore, oh, in verse 27, sorry. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. So, and I, man, I do this sometimes. Sometimes I get up here trying to read and I start stuttering. So I'm going to take a sec. All right. Woosah. All right. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. And it, for if we judge, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment, and the rest I will set in order when I come. I love that last bit. He says, when I come there, I'm going to set it in order. Because this letter, I'm giving you a lashing right now, but I'm going to come and I'm going to get things straight. You know what I mean? But anyways, he's saying, he's saying, examine yourself. And a lot of times, like, man, I remember one time, like, after, you know, I read that scripture and I'm like, man, I can't have sin. If I'm going to take communion, I need to be straight. And I remember not taking it until I went to a guy that I was had problems with in the church. And so after church, I went around. I said, man, I want to take communion today, but I can't until I take, until I get right with you. Because of the scripture. But that's not what the scripture is talking about. We have to take it in context. We can take it out of context. And I 100% agree that if you got offense against somebody, get right. 
It's holding you back. It, I mean, being offended, like, like what's that scripture talk about? Like, it, like unforgiveness and, and offense is like pouring, you know, uh, poison down your own throat. Get right. Don't hold offense. It'll hold you back. Like I talked earlier, it's gonna, it's gonna keep, it's gonna withhold God from breaking chains, right? Be free. Don't hold that. That, that person that offends you probably going on with, with his life just fine. Or her, you know? I always talk key, like men are the only problem, you know? <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, but anyways, like, we have to keep that in context, and he says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup in an unworthy manner. He's not talking about that. He already addressed it earlier about people coming to to the uh, synagogue or to the temple or whatever, or to the house, wherever they're ministering, right? Because this is the first church or beginning of the first church. And they were going and getting drunk with the wine. And they were eating because they're hungry. So they'd eat and they'd rush and they'd be, they're being selfish with it and stuff like that. And another thing that I read when I was studying this out is like, it wasn't the fullness because it started becoming a ritual. It started becoming the tradition. And that's part of, I, should, I wanted to ask pastors this, so if I'm wrong, rebuke me right now. But that's part of why we don't do communion here all the time is because pastors never wanted it to be a common thing. Correct? They don't want it to be a common thing. But on the same token, that shouldn't withhold us from doing it whenever we want. We got communion up here as a church. Like It's not like pastors are like negligent about communion. We got communion up here. But it shouldn't be five years like it was for me that I'd had communion. We should be doing this in remembrance of Him. Why? There's power in this. The other thing that withholds us too is is the not knowing the full truth of it. Thinking that what He did, the pro- proclaiming the death, was only for the afterlife. Think about this. This hit me one time like a a whole box of rocks, man. Like, if God wanted us just in heaven with Him, why did He make earth and put us on it? Like, if if the only thing was, the whole plan, the whole thing that He wanted to do was for us just to be on earth, or, or to be with Him, like, why would He have put us on earth to go and do this? I believe that He put us on earth to take dominion. Because the enemy was kicked out of heaven, and God's like, my people, my my sons and daughters will dominate, will show you dominance through through the blood of the Lamb. Amen. To take authority over that, to walk in health, to walk in the fullness of of what Jesus, the Son of God, did for us. I've known, like, I've known this story a little bit, but it was funny how it come because it was in June, like during all this stuff, right, that I got to talk to Grandma Gwen. Grandma Gwen is Sharon Welsh's mother. So James, 
uh, Welsh's uh, mother-in-law. And when we were in Rooted a couple years ago, like I knew that this was going on. We were praying for her and stuff like this. But I got to talk to her in June. We were talking about different stuff. And she she shared like the communion story. So I asked if I could use her story because like her heart rate, her, her blood pressure would go up to 300 plus. 300 plus for me, like I was like, okay, that seems high. I don't, I'm not a medical person, but that's high, guys. Like, that's way high, you know? And she had 17 trips to the hospital in an ambulance. They, they weren't, uh, like, they didn't know how she wasn't having a stroke. They were, they were dumbfounded. And through all these tests, they were trying to figure out stuff like how, how, what was happening? They couldn't because they was like heart da 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 like what's going on with her heart? All this stuff they couldn't figure it out and they couldn't understand it. And she was able to give the doctors a testimony of the meal that heals. And she would take communion daily during that time. And she's like, I believe that that is what like kept me from the stroke. Blood pressure three twenty, no stroke. Grandma Gwen believes in communion so much that she gives, I had to laugh about this, she gives it for Christmas gifts. She gives communion cups. Why? Because she has seen the power happen. She's seen the power manifested in her life, in her family's life, that she is going to be like, here's the best gift I can give you for Christmas. Oh, you run out this year? Don't worry, I got more this year. It's amazing. I've read so many testimonies now. I've read a testimony of, um, I'm gonna, I don't know how to say it. There is a woman with problems, women problems, and they couldn't figure out what, what was going on. She heard about communion, she started to take a communion every day, and she passed a tumor out of her. Completely healed, no no cancer, no nothing, but she passed this tumor out like a couple weeks after she started taking communion daily. There is power in communion, y'all. Don't let it be five years. Don't let it be one year that you're... If somebody gets you communion now for Christmas, now that they hear this, like run out for the next Christmas. Start taking it. I've been... I talked about it some like before, like... Uh, a year and a half ago, they found a hole in a hole in my heart. Like seventy-five percent of uh, the population, the hole closes up. Everybody's born with it. Uh, it's it's pretty cool, like how it happens. Like it's all part of the umbilical cord and how stuff happens in the baby when the baby's in a womb. Then out uh, once you're born, the hole closes up. Twenty-five percent of the population it don't close up. They said I'm one of those twenty-five. So they put me on some blood thinner. I told Kirstie, I was like, man, I feel like I'm in the pharmaceutical voodoo world now. And I pray every time. I have not taken that pill without praying for protection from side effects. Because it scares the crap out of me. I do not like pharmaceutical drugs. I think some of them are good. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I pray. Now, you know what I do too? I take communion right with it. Because I want that, that testimony. 
the meal that heals, I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to be up here sometime and I'm going to share the testimony that the heart is healed, that there is no hole in my heart no more. Trust me. You want to come up? So does everybody got, I need to hurry. Does everybody got, uh, communion? <clears throat> Lens, there's a box of, uh, something somewhere. The, um, alright, if everybody can grab the communion, thanks. So right now I'm gonna, I'm just gonna profess it, okay? I'm, I'm believing for healings today. I believe that you're gonna be set free today. I believe that when you take communion here today, if you, if you never have like understood the fullness of what you're doing, like I believe that there's gonna be healings happening. Okay? And if you don't see the results today, continue on taking communion at home. Right? And when you're here, there's communion up there. So take your wafer out. I'm going to read here out of 1 Corinthians 11, 24. And he says, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So what I like to do with these wafers is I like to break them in half. as remembrance of his body being broken. That everything that I talked about earlier was done. Mental illness, anxiety, any physical element healed in the name of Jesus. You're healed through His stripes. He bore our sicknesses. Everything that the body held is here. So take this in remembrance of Him. All right, peel back your tin foil. Everybody good? This cup is the new cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink in remembrance of me. So we take this in remembrance of what the blood is, how it gives us our identity. That our salvation, our righteousness is all through His blood. And we take this in remembrance of Him. So Father, we just come to You in the name of Jesus. And we just thank You, Father, for everything that You did. We thank You, Jesus, for, for going through everything that You did for us. For being willing even though You knew. For for shedding your blood for being beat bruised for us we received your communion in remembrance of you for the fullest today we receive the fullness of what you've done we receive the fullness that what you said that it is finished that everything that we need was within you and within what you did for us and so we thank you we thank you for for loving us enough 
In Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. One quick thing that I missed. If there's anybody in here that has never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, never accepted what He did for you, we're all sinners. We all fall short. So we all had to do it if if we're going to enter the fullness. So if that is you and you've never accepted Jesus and you want to accept Jesus for the first time, please raise your hand. Anybody? Don't be shy. I know you ain't. I love it. Um, Second call, if you had and you've fallen away, you've backslid or whatever, and you want to just rededicate your life, raise your hand. Yeah, gotcha. So, Father, I just pray over these people, Father. I pray, Father, that that you just uh, bless them, that you guide them. I love the fact that you are so willing just to just to forgive us of our sins, forgive us for backsliding, and just take us in and just love us. That all we got to do is just turn around. We ain't even got to take a step. A lot of people say you're one step away. I don't even think you're one step away. We just got to turn back, and we just thank you for it. We love you. We praise you. Give you all the glory and honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen.